Hello, and welcome to the Wanderings podcast, a photographer's exploration of art, science, and world culture. I am your host, Pedro Bonato, a fine art and advertising photographer based in Toronto, Canada. In this show, I talk to artists, designers, scientists, filmmakers, authors, entrepreneurs, people who are creating inspiring work in a variety of fields. I have been working as a professional photographer and as a musician for a few years, and I am often inspired by history, science, mythology, and popular culture in the photographs that I create. In this podcast, I try to go a little bit deeper in the stories that inspire me, and I hope will inspire you too. On today's show, we wander into the world of fashion, travel, and entrepreneurship with Alexander Kenton. Alex is a style and travel blogger, an entrepreneur, and he is considered one of Canada's top influencers today. He has built a strong following around the globe, working with premium brands like Fendi, Hugo Boss, Lexus, BMW, and Coach. His luxury travel adventures have brought him to destinations all over the world, including Dubai, Rio de Janeiro, and Milan. In this episode, we talked about his love for fashion as a way to express personality and creativity, how he gets inspiration from little moments during his trips, and how he captures those in photos that, in my view, have a unique cinematic style. We also talked about his new company, Blank and Blue, where he creates a number of products, with my favorite being his designs of bracelets and wristwear. What I find so inspiring about Alex is his unique ability on finding and creating beautiful things and sharing them with the world. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Alexander Kenton. So, today on the Wanderings podcast, I am with um, Alex who is an amazing uh, style and travel blogger. He's also an entrepreneur and one of Canada's top influencers. I had the chance to uh, photograph him a couple of uh, years ago and since then I've been following his work and I think it's amazing. So Alex, thank you for being in the Wanderings podcast. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been following you too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, I'm... I remember like since we did uh, that specific shoot, which was, was one of the first times I was like working, trying to get into like fashion photography and those kinds of uh, like that genre of photography. I remember I was really impressed with like, like your attitude and you're like, I had this impression from other models that were like signed with agencies that they were like very, not, I won't say detached, but they were, had a specific aura and you were always very um, like super chill, super cool and always... Uh, accessible, which I think it's maybe one of the reasons, at least in my mind, that people, you have like such a large following and such a devoted following right, as well, right? So people actually do engage on, on your Instagram with all your looks and all the travel and all the works you're doing. So um, first, let me ask you, so can you tell a little bit about yourself and what you do? On a day-to-day sure. basis? Sure. Well, uh, I mean, as you mentioned, I'm a style and travel blogger and I'm also an entrepreneur. I've been blogging since 2010, so it's been a long time, almost a decade actually. Um, And uh, since then, I've also started my own brand called Blank and Blue. Right. And it's a fashion lifestyle brand. I mean, what else is there? No, no, no. I think we're going to talk about everything. I don't want to. Yes, I don't want to spoil, spoil any it. surprises. <laughs> so let's uh, begin with the like with the beginning. So you said you you started like blogging like like almost ten years ago. So like walk us through the beginning of your journey because I thought I find always like it's very interesting to see how people are like right now. But like when you started, so you went to uh, Parsons School of Design, right? I did. Yeah. So I'm originally born and raised in Vancouver. Okay. And. Uh, Yeah, I had the opportunity to go to Parsons for university. So I studied design and management there, which was a business program that had design as well. And it was, I mean, obviously an amazing experience to be living in New York um, and going to school there. I felt like I was working already (laughs) when I was 18, because just like, you know, going around New York City and you're, you're going to your school building and your classes and you're like, wow, I'm just like in the mix with all these people doing these great things in the city. Uh, and I had the opportunity to do an internship in my second year of university and I worked for this PR agency, a fashion PR agency in New York and there I you know, got my feet wet with the industry and started meeting editors and stylists that would come into the showroom. We, did, we put on all these events, um, we did trade shows 
And uh, yeah, from there, then I kind of thought, you know, maybe I should get more into like the media and editorial side of things. Like in PR, we were always trying to please the editors and stylists. And we were like, you know, we were sending them gifts. We were hosting them at dinners and things. And I thought, you know, I want to be on the other side. <laughs> that sounds so much better. So um, from there, I went and I got another internship in my third year of university at Condé Nast. Mm -hmm. And I worked at Details Magazine. And there I got, you know, had access to incredible experience. Um, and some really amazing people were, uh, were my mentors at the time. And, uh, you know, then from there, I really liked how it was going. And then I thought, you know, I want to see what it's like to do both men's and women's fashion. So then I uh, had an opportunity to go to the New York Times style magazine mm -hmm. uh, at T. And that was also like a nice taste of luxury. They feature a lot of luxury and other lifestyle um, things beyond fashion. Uh, so that, that, was, that was really amazing to see like the luxury fashion side. And we did high-end watches, high-end jewelry and the things that you know, I was able to see firsthand were pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. um, and all through those years, I was going to Fashion Week in New York, too, and meeting people and making connections. And I think somewhere along the lines there is when I started my Twitter account. And that was the first account that I had um, other than Facebook, but like my first public account uh, because Instagram didn't exist yet. This was like 2009, oh. 2008, 2009. And then I graduated from Parsons and I worked for another online magazine before actually starting my own and it was called Kenton mm -hmm. and I had it for I think four or five years and we oh. had a good run of, of editorial coverage and um, building the brand. But while I was doing that, I realized that I actually liked sharing my personal style and mm -hmm. a lot of my followers on Twitter um, and then soon Instagram were really interested in my personal style. So that kind of took off and I made the decision to um, discontinue running the online magazine and uh, focus on my blog. Right. So that's kind of the journey of the long winded journey of yeah. how I got to where I am now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's interesting how there was like so many like different kinds of projects and then what got you like really, um, a, a, like great exposure was your own like personal style right and uh, how all that influence get into like uh, how you like you, how, how you dress how you uh and like lifestyle how, how you work right so that's that's really cool yeah i mean i think it's it's um it was all the timing too the timing of the way that the industry was going um the the trends and what people were looking for online too kind of dictated and and helped me decide which direction I should go as well. So it, I think it had a lot to do with the industry timing. Um, like when I was at those magazines, we were all really already thinking about digital and thinking like, okay, online is the next wave. And like social media was picking up. Everyone was trying to get on Twitter or figure out like, you know, how they were going to tweet, how their brand was going to have a voice. Um, so cool. that was, that was already kind of happening. And then I think I, was fortunate enough to figure that out and uh, go in my own direction. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, I think at that time, like Twitter, you couldn't really put like images on Twitter, if I can't remember. You sort of like have to give a link to go somewhere else. Right? Yeah, at the beginning, it was like, I, I kind of remember something like these owl.ly, <laughs> owly links from right. Hootsuite and mm -hmm. all sorts of tiny URLs. Um, and then soon it was the photos. And actually, I originally got Instagram just for the filters. Oh. <laughs> uh, and I would just, I would filter my photos, then delete them off Instagram and tweet them. And I wasn't even using Instagram. I mean, not very many people were anyway, were using Instagram right. as an actual network. And then somewhere along the line, it kind of took over and became right an actual network yeah and that's uh, one thing that uh, that like since we we're into that like so um would you say that your favorite like social media today is uh, is instagram or is it like the most um let's say impactful because it's such a visual media right it's uh yeah. or, um, i wouldn't call it my favorite mm -hmm. but i would also say that it's uh it is the most impactful i think okay. it's the one that people focus on the most mm -hmm. so i don't know it's one of those did the chicken come before the egg or vice versa it's like i i like instagram because it is 
so impactful. But then I'm like, well, if another one, if I had more attention on a different channel, would I like that one better? Who knows? Well, I see. <laughs> Where would I sense. spend more time? So, and then by spending more time on Instagram, then more people are interested in it too. So it's, it's an interesting question. Actually. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just wondering because, uh, yeah, like with, um, uh, even like everybody uses like Instagram, uh, like in a different way and you see a lot of, uh, like influencers working on that. And then there's always this wondering what will happen, like for like, yeah. even on, uh, on Facebook that organic reach stopped working. And so people will, even if you're following someone, it doesn't show up to them so you're at the yeah. mercy of that but that goes to your um to you have a blog that is like populated with like not only beautiful photography but great like writing and uh, you document not only your looks but your travels right so um how like so before you get into the the blog like what's your like a typical day for you i know you you will probably <laughs> not have a typical day but like how is your day-to-day -day on uh, and how is your process on uh, creating looks and uh, going through all that well, you're right. It's always different. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> every day is different, but every day involves coffee, involves emails, <laughs> and usually a meeting. Um, mm -hmm. So that's and the, and more often than not, usually shooting an outfit of the day. And mm -hmm. um, I have one uh, assistant full time who works with me, and she's fantastic. So uh, her name is Vivian, and she's mm -hmm. around. You'll see her in my Insta story sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, her and I are uh, a team and we, you know, we kind of take on everything together. Usually she's uh, my right hand. So, you know, we, we, she'll come to meetings with me, then kind of we'll be like, all right, let's, you know, the sun's out and it looks good right now. So let's do a shoot. So mm -hmm. we like do an outfit of the day shoot at that point. Um, and then, you know, we switch gears and we're working on blank and blue. Mm -hmm. So now I think it's uh, before when I was just doing my blog, it was a little bit more um, crazy every day. Like some, there was more going on each day, but now because of blank and blue, I do have more of a typical day in the sense that I have to like, well, Vivian and I, we both have to tend to, you know, our customer, mm -hmm. um, customer inquiries and emails of that nature. We're doing, you know, our own PR and marketing for the brand. So we have certain tasks that we do every day for the brand. Um, that is starting to become like a typical day, I guess. But then, <laughs> but then we have you know all my blog and social media stuff, which then continues to be right. a lot of different stuff. Um, sometimes we're doing photo shoots, like the one that I did with you a couple mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah, um, we're being featured uh, for a brand or for a magazine. Um, the odd time I'll be going on TV, and that's like a really early morning. That's like kind of oh, six a.m. Wow. <laughs> uh, six a.m. call time. Um, what else do we do that's really interesting? Well, you do a lot of we things. Do. Are very oh, and then sometimes there's travel. Of course, yeah. that then that's uh, totally yeah. different. Yeah, that's uh, that's thing. fantastic that you like. I remember uh, like how your journey progressed over these years and having one assistant, right, that can help you with both the business and the creative side. Mm -hmm. That's that's fantastic. So uh, you mentioned your brand, uh, Blank and Blue. Uh, so like, can you tell a little bit about your brand? Because I'm very excited about that. Point. Sure, yeah. for sure. Well, I think it's kind of. It's a little bit, at the moment, I would say it's a bit of an extension of me, an embodiment of my style. Um, you know, I, I, it began with jewelry in my, well, the brand essence became, began with jewelry. Mm -hmm. I was looking for a few pieces, um, bracelets specifically. I love stacking bracelets. Mm -hmm. uh, that's part of my personal style. And, mm -hmm. you know, there were pieces that I was looking for and I just couldn't find them. So I thought, you know, I need to design these myself mm -hmm. and also a lot of the things that I like fortunately unfortunately are very <laughs> expensive mm -hmm. so you know I was looking at things and I thought you know I could probably design that better or design like you know something that I would wear every day and also I, I want to be able to give my fans and followers the same style and aesthetic that I have um, for an attainable price mm -hmm. um a price point that's you know not super low like mm -hmm. you know fast fashion price mm -hmm. but something that they can aspire to but also reach um so i went about that and began designing the jewelry and then it kind of expanded to sunglasses and then um, also t-shirts and hoodies and those are things that i wear all yeah. the time um 
And yeah, actually, we ended up launching last August with the sunglasses, mm-hmm. even though that wasn't the original um, starting point. And yeah, kind of from there, it's it's been a steady climb, and we've had a whole new set of challenges that I've mm. never had to deal with before. Um, but it's been a really amazing experience so far, and it's yeah. quite exciting. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's so funny because I like personally the only kind of like jewelry I I wear is actually bracelets. So like not right now, but uh, <laughs> I actually like I have a few that are like uh, I don't know, I have about ten that uh, that are like oh whenever I travel or if I go to like a specific shoot in a specific place I will try to find uh, a, like a bracelet that, that, that I like and they always like follow on your always uh, coveted your. Uh, <laughs> like uh, all the other stuff you were wearing and then um, when I saw that you were doing like uh, that you were inspired like oh I can't can't find exactly like this vision I have in my mind and I have exactly the same thing like I have oh it would be cool to have a bracelet that is like this this and that or this yeah. kind of color palette or this kind of a feel on your on your wrist so um, so I'm, I'm very excited very uh, glad that you were able to embark in this journey it's great really cool. well, we'll have to get your uh, we'll have to get some blank and blue on your wrist no for sure <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's what's uh, like this is a bit more, I'd say, because I was reading this a little like off tangent, but it's uh, I saw this article because uh, like in my photography work, I'm interested sometimes in like in history or in uh, in uh, mythology and all these things. And I found this um, in they found I think in Turkey, the 7000 year old piece of a bracelet. It's 7,000 years old and it's actually like beautiful. Like, uh, and then um, I was like, oh, wow, we are so interested in this kind of thing since time immemorial. Like for you, is there like a reason that you can sort of like ex- talk about why you were interested in why the specifically like bracelets appeal to you? You know what? I'm not even really sure. I feel like I've been wearing bracelets my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actually, it's funny now. I didn't even think of it until this moment today, but Mm -hmm. I had a phase when I was around maybe like 10 years old where I was making friendship bracelets and like making them for people. And at one point I was even (laughs) selling them to my classmates. Um, So I guess I had it in me (laughs) from before. (laughs) So that was like a dream that kind of got put on the back burner and and brought out again um, today in 2018. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, Which is funny that I just made that realization now. yeah, it's just something that I've really enjoyed wearing. And I think for men too, we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of options when it comes to jewelry and accessorizing as many as women. Right. Uh, that's changing now too, but um, traditionally we don't have as many options. So wristwear is definitely something that's appealing. I love you know watches as well, mm-hmm. and you know putting bracelets with your watches is is just a really cool look. And I've always been into it. Um, Right. So, no, that's, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Kinda... Yeah. And uh, I think like that, going back to your, like your style, like for, um, how do you, um, choose your, uh, like garments besides like, okay, there is a, a part that is, um, let's say business oriented, that it's like brands that approach you. And then of course mm-hmm. you certainly like veto and see what you like and everything, but how do you approach your, um, um, your take on style like uh, and just to give you like one example I was like the contrary of that I was talking to a photographer friend of mine and he said something that um, he is a fashion photographer and then he only wears black all the time and he says my I dress to become invisible and then I said oh that's your fashion approach like that's like so anyone that says oh, I don't have a style you do you always have a style and I think it always tells about your personality so like in your case, like, how do you come about to, to, to create your style? Yeah, well, actually, just to add on what you're saying, I think that uh, it's, it's interesting because that you mentioned that photographer and, and how he says, like, I, you know, I dress for this. Or people who say, like, you know, I'm not into fashion and I don't partake in any fashion. But by even saying that, you are. And, mm-hmm. and that was one thing that we studied um, when I was at Parsons in fashion theory. It's just like your approach to style and fashion regardless of what you think, even if you think that you're not partaking it, you are partaking it by putting on clothes. Um, that already is saying something about you of course. <clears throat> and what you choose. So for me, it's always been pretty eclectic and changing. It's always changing. Um, but I think I always tend to go back to classics and comfort at the end of the day. Um, and also you've got to just know your body. Like I, 
know my body shape and so I kind of dress accordingly to what I think would be flattering um I've had some really weird and terrible looks in the past and it's all documented online (laughs) so it's all stuck there on google forever now but I think yeah I, I mean I love to experiment with fashion too I think that's one thing that uh I'm confident in is you know trying new trends mm-hmm. uh, whatever they may be I, I'll, I'll think that they're really cool and great at the time and then you know you look back like even a year later and just think like what was that <laughs> but um for the most part you know it takes time to figure out your personal style too so for sure i would say like some of the stuff that i wore in my university <laughs> days and like shortly after was a lot weirder than now but (laughs) (laughs) well you were in new york and i guess it's also like as you're trying to develop a style for yourself i remember when i started photographing i would wear black t-shirts and khaki pants and that's that was my uniform uh and uh so yeah it's 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 quite interesting and slowly uh, i i started finding it more interesting like how you what you wear will influence so much of uh, how you feel and what you uh, what you're able I call it I th- sometimes think it's sort of like armor right mm-hmm. it's sort of like how you put this on and then it's either something you aspire to be or something that it's already in you somehow right so yeah. I find that uh, I think that style's totally uh, cohesive and, and or that's the wrong word I think mm-hmm. it's uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for mm-hmm. is but anyway it's totally related to your mood and like mm-hmm. when you when I get up in the morning that kind of dictates my whatever my energy and mood is that day it dictates the vibe of what my outfit is going to be and i'm very into like what how an outfit speaks it's kind of your first impression without opening your mouth i Mm -hmm. think and i love the idea of like moments and i think that's what i try to capture too in in my photos that i post on social media it's like it's it's sharing the outfit but also sharing the whole vibe and the mood of what that outfit is about um and so that's like definitely what inspires me as well when i get dressed and like travel is such an inspiring thing for me like just seeing how other people dress in other places and like you know i could just be standing on a street corner and see someone and it may be only a section of what they're wearing is Mm -hmm. what i'm looking at like a jacket and shirt pairing or like a shoe and sock pairing um and I can take inspiration from that. Oh, that's interesting. So you see like a, a big, like, so you take a lot of inspiration for your styling when you were traveling as well. Oh, for like, sure. Oh. Yeah. And from other people, from my friends, just in, you know, encounters with someone like in a store or something. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think inspiration is kind of just everywhere and it's, it's translating those moments. And I see, I like to see things really cinematically. Mm-hmm. So that, that's also kind of an influence mm-hmm. um, and I think that's also a little bit of the inspiration behind blank and blue as well as it's it's very travel focused um, and it's and of course then the pieces are supposed to be easy to travel with and like you can wear them for all occasions while you're traveling oh that's cool um, yeah but it's it's yeah it's it's combining what you see out there and creating something that's that then kind of becomes timeless in a way mm-hmm. as well it's like it's taking that cinematic moment and turn it into something physical and timeless so oh interesting it's an interesting yeah. point about the timelessness like on your photography you now talk a little bit about like uh, your photography because i really like how you process your, your it's that's the word for it certainly it's like a cinematic and it's also this idea of like there is movement in your in your photographs and there is also at the same time there is this um like sort of like still this capture of a moment as you said it's like oh it's like you out and about say for example in the streets of toronto or wherever you you happen to be and it's like you can see that you are on the go somewhere but at the same time it's getting that that little moment it's like okay this is like me right now and then that's the timelessness uh, of the mm-hmm. which is what i like photographically speaking that's what I, what appeals to me on the way that you that you photograph i mean that's what appeals to me too in fashion photography i think that's how like i guess that's probably how my style developed <laughs> it's just you know looking at other images or video and just yeah, I just love the moment. I think that's where like glamour comes from really is, is mm. the moment um, and the, that that capturing that moment and in a high speed environment. Um, I love motion and dynamic uh, 
balance and you know all of that in photos um that's what appeals to me so that's kind of what i like to create as well mm-hmm. um and yeah like, like you said it's kind of that on the go you're busy you're doing things you're you know you're making your dreams happen um and it's like capturing just this moment along the way and like it's that little clip um of life and i love seeing too uh i guess when i you know going back to my uh little comment about inspiration and seeing things um oftentimes i'll see things and then re and they replay in my mind kind of in slow-mo like i'll see Mm. someone just like walk across the street and like the way they walked and the outfit they were wearing paired with like the particular buildings that were in the background just like create this really slow-mo cinematic moment Hmm. happens a lot when i travel maybe just because the places they go are more Mm. aesthetically beautiful than (laughs) toronto but you know you just you it's like the you know just when you see someone say in in florence like just sitting at a cafe having an espresso and like it's the way the light is hitting at that very moment and you just see that motion of just like picking up the glass or picking up the cup in slow-mo that's kind of like the whole the the energy and the vibe that that i get inspiration from and then that's what i try to create in my photos too it's just like inviting you in and inviting my fans and my followers into my life for that very moment um and trying to like share either a feeling or a a mood Mm -hmm. um inspiration with them yeah that's that that's fantastic actually what you just said is how like i feel when i see uh, your photos it's uh, it's pretty much okay. it's inviting <laughs> no? for sure it's it's inviting it's um um that's one of the things that i find like in this new movement of like uh like of fashion being transferred to like to social media to uh to to instagram specifically which is the, the platform that i follow the most for this kinds of uh things but the the, the interesting thing that i think it's different than even what 10 years ago is that it's inviting it's like oh i oh that's that's cool i want that too right or like oh this is sort of like an aspiration for me to get into that and i think that's what's beautiful and appealing about that and that just like i wrote it down because it's something that reminded me uh whenever i see beautiful things is this quote from dante alighieri that he says that beauty is something that inspires you to act so you like see that. there like oh you see this beautiful beach or you see this like a beautiful bracelet which is my thing and then uh, or you see like uh, this beautiful like uh, the color palette or something that represents either an emotion or a longing that you have and then you see your life then it's oh how can i get to this point right oh like this is possible this exists in the world even if it's a uh, stylized which to me sometimes is even more real than real life because it's what we aspire to this those as you said the slow motion moments that they capture something that is important to us and i think in photography and then in styling and uh, and in travel is something that you can explore like who you are and who you want to, who you want to become which is i think is why um work like what you're doing is so interesting and inspiring uh, for people yeah actually funny you mentioned that because also i find that i uh... I look at my <clears throat> I look at my own Instagram feed and I'm like, oh, this is like my, you know, this is digital me. We I always joke with my assistant Vivian. We're like, I'm like, this is digital me. I, I'm like, oh, digital me looks like so much better than <laughs> than, than me today. Or like, <laughs> digital me looks like so much more fun. Um, I think it's you know it's kind of social media becomes this like highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Can become like a highlight reel for me. It is anyway, um, and it's sort of a representative representation of my best life and to me it's also fun to put that together and it's like you know what would that look like what does your ideal life look like obviously it's you know still real there are real things that I'm doing real Mm -hmm. things that are happening um, but it's presenting it in a way that's also even inspiring for myself Mm -hmm. Um, and being like you know pushing pushing myself to be better pushing myself to continue to be inspired to continue looking for inspiration um and uh yeah and continue moving forward and and growing as a person Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's to me as a photographer that's the idea of like you create even when like i do a lot of like more i create little worlds and Mm -hmm. little things and i think that um images are very um to use fancy words, but like very archetypical of our wants and needs right so before you would do a painting of what you aspire to be and what you aspire to be at or who you aspire to, to become. And I think like photography is a great um, 
reminder. I guess actually that's uh, my take on like uh, on uh, bracelets is sort of like um, like I don't know a soul post-it note. You know, like sort of like oh <laughs> this reminds me of a specific feel or a specific uh, uh, it, not necessarily a moment, but like something you are aspired to that is always with you, right? So mm-hmm. it's sort of like this mm-hmm. external mm-hmm. reminder that you internalize in a way. Maybe it's a bit too much philosophizing <laughs> for <laughs> for uh, an afternoon, but uh, but that's at least uh, like from this conversation, I sort of like realized that's where my interest in the, those things uh, come from. And then uh, one thing I wanted to ask you was like in terms of uh, travel, do you have like a sp- I know that every place you travel, it will be like interesting, even for the bad stuff or for the great <laughs> stuff. But like, is there a place that you like to go back again and again? Like, it's not necessarily your favorite. Oh, for sure. Hawaii, number mm-hmm. one. Um, that's my favorite place on earth. Okay. I used to go a lot. Um, when I lived in Vancouver, my family, we used to travel to Hawaii as a family uh, at least once a year. Uh, it's so much closer than it is now from Toronto, so I haven't gone in a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, I love it there. It's just the perfect paradise uh, for me. Um, balance and, you know, they have all our, your North American lifestyle needs, but also it's totally an island on its own, you know, or a string of islands rather on their own. Um, and it's just a laid back lifestyle. Everyone's mm-hmm. friendly, everyone's happy. I mean, the sun is always shining and mm-hmm. it's, it's just a beautiful place. Yeah, I've never so. been there. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to it. Yana and I, uh, my wife and I were thinking of uh, where to escape in, uh, in April. We're thinking they're Mexico or, but like Hawaii is one of those places that uh, I'm very interested in going. And I'm a science geek as well. So they have in Mauna Kea, they have this oh, uh, yeah, the telescopes can. and everything. So you can even see, if you're lucky, you can even see actual molten lava coming out of the ground, oh. which is so cool. I've, I had the experience of seeing that on the big island only. That's the only one that's still active um but uh, yeah you can see the lava still oh. coming out and it just is you know the island is growing every day which is another thing that's just so cool about hawaii that you know it's an active volcano but it's not really erupting it's just slowly building the island and then on the other side you've got all these flowers and palm trees and it's just it's so beautiful uh-huh. yeah you have everything there Cool. So that's the place you, you go back again and again. And um, like, what's your is so that would be like your favorite like place yeah. on Earth. Though I will say. say you're from you're from Brazil, so yeah. you might find it. <laughs> you might be like, oh, this is like cool, but like Brazil is also really beautiful. <laughs> no, no, but I, no, I, I know what you mean. But it's it's funny. Like I know you you went there, and uh, like my I lived in a bunch of different cities in Brazil before I, I moved to to Toronto, and um, I find like like Rio's nice, and there's like a few other places. Is like Bahia, which is a state a little bit to the northeast, and then uh, Pernambuco, which is a different state that has like this beautiful dunes and beaches and everything. So, um, I mean, I I know that th- there is like a, a little bit of a competition there in the in the in the scenery, but uh, but it's so funny. Like I'm so. I don't know how you feel about. Were you born uh, here in uh, Toronto? I was or? born in Vancouver. Oh, in Vancouver, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, one thing um, that I. I've been thinking is like I haven't really I've been in, in in Toronto in Canada for I guess eight nine years now and before I lived in Brazil and I live a few other places but I haven't found a place yet that I can say this is home mm. you know what I mean like I like living in Toronto is really cool like for for works uh, uh, as you said, aesthetically, it, you have to really work to find, like, at least when you have a specific aesthetic, right? But you have to, like, really work to find stuff. There are beautiful places here, and there is all kinds of people in the world, like uh, like in Toronto, which I think it's unique around the world. But um, I still haven't found home. There are a few places I'm still like, hmm, maybe that would be, like, an interesting place to go and live for, for a little bit. So um, I was wondering, like, for you, like, um, what's your relationship between, like, like home and uh, and travel, how do you see mm-hmm. that? Uh, are you looking for the next place you're going to be, or are you is Toronto home? How do you? Well, feel? I think um, Vancouver will always be my hometown. When mm-hmm. I go back, I always feel like this sense of familiarity mm-hmm. and um, just comfort. But I wouldn't. I don't think I would ever move back there. Mm-hmm. It's just not really for me, per se. But. It does have like obviously this home feeling. Um, Toronto is starting to feel like home now. I've lived here for five years, 
mm-hmm. uh, almost six, I think. And that's about the same time that I lived in New York. So I have similar, um, similar feelings about Toronto and New York, I think. Mm-hmm. And I have lots of friends in both places. So that, that does change, you know, how you feel about the place. I think that it's about the people really that that's what makes a place feel like home the most. Um, but I never say never. I am comfortable here in Toronto, mm-hmm. so I think I'll keep my home base here. Um, and I'm Canadian, so mm-hmm. I like, you know, the comfort of having a place to call home in your own country. Yes. Um, but I wouldn't say never to living abroad. Um, I think, well, even my girlfriend Justine and I, we've talked about, you know, maybe we'll live somewhere else for a few months of the year and then Mm -hmm. come back to Toronto and then go somewhere else. And like, I think we see ourselves not having a very conventional lifestyle and like neither of us have conventional lives and career paths. So that kind of leaves the door open for lots of travel and adventure and stuff. And, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think Toronto would be my home base, but I wouldn't be opposed to living <laughs> somewhere else, warmer maybe in the mm. winter months, um, mm-hmm. and and trying different places and not being tied down to one place and feeling like you're stuck there. Right. And I think that's kind of the beauty of travel, and also you know you're in control of your own life and your own destiny. So if you feel like you don't want to be tied down, then don't be tied down. Right. You know, try and figure out a way to make it work. And where there's a will, there's a way. Right. That's uh, that's that's great uh, inspiration, and uh, and for sure, that's one of the things that I think for me, it's sort of the same thing. And I think if you were able to stay like a month or at least a certain amount of time that you can reallocate to that place and yeah. let that place change you or like inspire in a way that it's not a, like a frantic ten day trip, right? <laughs> Which can be fun too, right? But uh, like when you can like let the place. Um, become a part of you i think it's a it's a cool thing to do and uh, yeah with uh, with me it's sort of like uh, the same the same idea like i haven't uh, done the being two three four months in one specific place has been at most a month somewhere else but it's uh, it's very interesting to see like this idea of home being like i'm from brazil and then whenever i go to my hometown there's like it's actually very much reminds me of vancouver to be honest oh, because yeah it's in the south so it's okay. very um not as hot. Not as hot, and it rains. Like mm. so, like I know Vancouver That's rains Vancouver. too. Yeah, rain, so rain, rain, it's rain, rain. very <laughs> much like the same. Then it's like it's beautiful, it's nice, and all that. And then whenever I go to like my parents' house, where I lived for so many years, and it's still the same house, uh, it always has that coziness. But yeah, I outgrew that city. So yeah, certainly not for me. So and you know exactly what I mean. It's like it's that comfort, but you're like. It's comfortable because it's familiar, but it's not you now. It's you before. Exactly. Yeah, it's the, it's the same uh, feel for me. And I think that's one of the things that is so appealing for, and I, I guess uh, with uh, your followers, when you showcase all the places you, you go and uh, using also, that's the other thing that I find very interesting. You're able, even though you travel to so many different places, you can keep your aesthetic very uh, consistent, especially on your on your photography and how you approach things. I really I really admire that. It's something that I struggle with myself, <laughs> like right now, because I'm interested in so many like different things, and there is no cohesion visually. I mean, there are a few things that are recurring, but they're still not uh, there. So I find that uh, very cool how you can integrate that. That's interesting because I think that it changes a lot. Oh, really? I think yeah. I go through these phases too, and like. I sometimes I look at old pictures of of a trip and I'll be like, oh, right, I was in that phase. Like, what an interesting way of processing the photos. Ah. <laughs> I was like, I would do it differently now. And it's like, I think it's uh, it's constantly changing. But then I think that maybe it's just that I, my style changes really slow. So it looks like it's... Uh, okay. It looks mm-hmm. like it's... Uh, the same, but it's slowly yeah. evolving. Right. Yeah, I don't mean like being like the same. I just mean that there is like a, a thread you can yeah. see. You, I can no, certainly no, I know see what you mean. There's de- yeah. there, well, there's definitely there's definitely a common a common theme. I think throughout all. Um, but yeah. 
yeah, I think it's like, it's just changing really slow. So you don't notice that it's changing. <laughs> and I think that's a cool thing that uh, like for your followers, like, uh, I guess, um, do you know, like a split of uh, how, um, how many of your followers, like, you know, the demographics of the people that are uh, following you? Do oh, you, yeah, you for sure. Any? I mean, well, as much as I can get from the analytics of from course. social media, but it's about 50-50 men and women and um, predominantly from the states i have a lot, actually a lot of brazilian followers oh, wow. mm-hmm. um i think because brazil is such a big country and they're on our time zone so mm-hmm. they get served all of my <laughs> content um but actually it was funny because when i went to rio a couple years ago now mm-hmm. there were so many people messaging me and they were like oh my god you're coming like this is so exciting and they were like you know come to my town or come to sao paulo but i was only in rio yeah uh yeah, and then of course there's my Canadian followers, mm-hmm. but Canada's such a small country, so they don't, they're not a huge ratio. They're pretty high, a high ratio for, um, for mm-hmm. I mean compared to like I guess other people in the world, but mm-hmm. not high compared to my American following. Oh, interesting. Okay. Other larger mm-hmm. countries. Yeah, I guess because specifically like in social media, the U.S. is so it's so big. Oh, there's right? so many so... more people. I mean, there's there's <laughs> millions and millions and millions of people. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a like a order of magnitude yeah. more of uh, than than, uh, than Canada. But it's uh, it's interesting that you have a split of uh, like uh, for like men and women. That's uh, that's mm-hmm. very cool because um, like you mainly do like on your at least on your social media. Uh, I mean, I know on your brand you have uh, female garments. Uh, sorry, so, well, uh, yeah, it's uh, the well the blank and blue is unisex for the most mm-hmm. part except we have one pair of hoop earrings that's obviously for women mm-hmm. um, but everything else all the bracelets are unisex mm-hmm. the t-shirts are unisex and the hoodies are unisex too mm-hmm. so no. it's you know it's it's for everybody yeah that's great because uh, I love this idea that like men are slowly over time getting more into um, into st- like styling themselves and like reimagining themselves from that uh, point of view so to me it's um, it's really really cool to see and even you like slowly like impacting me like my, my wife she's um she's a dancer and then she's also doing like some uh, photography stuff in, on, uh, on instagram and then she is always like going out very like stylish and then i was going out very let's say casual to use a nice <laughs> uh, nice one so slowly i'm getting then as i go and i i started developing like we went to istanbul and then more oriental style kind of uh, like shirts and things and then i was like oh wow like i actually like this uh, like very detailed patterns but not very flashy mm-hmm. but still like that way it's like oh cool like starting to get into that so whenever i go uh, perform i like to like play like play music and stuff i like to oh, okay i'll dress up for this <laughs> uh, for this specific uh, occasion but it's uh, it's it's quite fascinating to see the change in um uh, men's approach in general. I mean, of course, there's always men that are interested in uh, in styling, but I think it's a growing uh, market, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, well, like in history, men have a lot of cool fashion and oh, yeah. more adventurous style, I think. And then somewhere along the way, they kind of lost it. Right, yeah. <laughs> and now it's coming back. So uh-huh. it's exciting to see that. I think every season, there's more and more. And of course, there's also like the whole street where sector which is huge and like you know the sneakerhead culture and mm-hmm. um there's so much more now um and and there are more i think brands are focusing on men more too as a key market so mm-hmm. there's uh, there's that as well so the interest is there and then paired with actual availability um of design mm-hmm. it's a it's a cool time yeah, and then uh, that reminds me. Like, let's go back to your um, to your brand. That's one of the things that I see. Um, I think it's a new phenomenon that you have like independent creative uh, people starting their own designs and like enriching the the possibility, right? Because if you go to whatever store like um, in a shopping mall that um, I even like whenever I go buy clothes, I tell Jan like I can't seem to find anything that I find interesting. It's either not my style or it's very um, let's say or too simple like even mm-hmm. i will not wear it but uh, like <laughs> but then i was like thinking like oh you see like uh, i discovered like in instagram this um, boho style that for whatever reason i'm very attracted to even for like for 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 menswear and like you have like smaller brands that are becoming like multi-million dollar things but they're like very 
niche and then how you can combine having like oh this i i, I bought from alex which mm -hmm. i follow and then this i have from yugo boss this i actually it's like whatever calvin klein t-shirt so you can like combine those kinds of like from a different uh, array of um of, uh, of brands how do you see like in terms of fashion like this combination of um Things that you find are very niche and at the same time, the massive like uh, brands. How do you see that? Well, I think that's, that's the, abil that, well, that, the ability to combine high and low. That's real style. Um, you know, anyone can just be like, okay, I'll put on all the brands and whatever. And you may not look that great. Mm -hmm. um, I think style is about really having personality, really finding you know, the items and the pieces that represent you. And um, it's, yeah, like I said, it's uh, it's your first impression, right, to the world. So mm -hmm. combining high and low is, and, and combining, you know, things that are unique and niche uh, with the mainstream and figuring out ways to do that is kind of what, what makes each individual, you know, their own unique person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I so. think that's a, a great... Uh, um, a great thing about fashion that is uh, like it's about to at least today it's not necessarily f like following trends but actually creating your own right which mm -hmm. uh, I think that's great so um, I what I want to like to finish off uh, is uh, first just one uh, quote that you have on your Instagram that I really like that it's like your influencer fashion style travel, all the things, and you're like entrepreneur with your new brand. And yet the, the first thing you see when you go to like your social media channels is this phrase that uh, if you don't go after what you want, you'll never have it. Right. And I think that's uh, like a lot of people doing like inspirational, like Instagram things. But at the same time, I think this is so like important. So why do you have that on your... Well, firstly, I didn't mean I didn't come up with that yeah. uh, quote, but I mm -hmm. saw it somewhere and I just really liked it because... I think it kind of embodies what my brand is about and what what I'm trying to inspire other people to do. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of how I live. It's like, you know, the world is your oyster. You can have whatever you want um, in this world and you just have to believe that you can have it and you have to go for it. You have to work hard. You have to have the drive to achieve it. Um, and yeah, and that's, that's a little bit what I want to communicate to you know, the people who follow me because like, you know, we're saying like social media is a bit of a highlight reel. It's your best mm -hmm. life. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, what I share out there are the best highlights of my life. And, and a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, that's so like, you, you know, you have such a great life or like you, your travels look so amazing. And, and I think, what I also want to embody and I want to remind people and share with them is that, you know, you can have it too and you can do, you can have more, you can have whatever you want. Um, and you just have to go after it and, uh, and make it happen. Mm -hmm. No, that's uh, that's amazing. And I think, um, as a photographer, that's what I like about uh, like the work that you do. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's possible. It's like, instead of, uh, there is a lot of negativity in, uh, like in social media and all that. For and, sure. uh, and, <laughs> sure. uh, I guess like a cynicism towards like, uh, beauty in a way or like beautiful things or inspiring things. And to me, it's like, you were missing the point. And that's why I actually, your uh, content is so uplifting and so like thoughtful as well. Like whenever I see like even detail shots that you do of like um, of uh, and the way you interact, you, you make that interact with the environment, be at the beach or um, like even in in the in the city, just stopping sitting and sipping some coffee. How it's possible for everyone to to if you go after it, you like you may get it. Right? Yeah. So I think yeah, like like you too. I. I I find that I'm always just, I'm always in search of beauty and I'm always in search of, of an aesthetic. So you kind of, you know, you look for it and you capture it. So that's, that's kind of what it's all about. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you is what's next for you. So I know you were working with a, a blank and blue co uh, uh, company. Yeah, so... that's definitely, uh, well, I would say that's the big part of what's next. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're just getting started. So I'm now that we've launched i'm kind of like okay we've figured out you know the prologue to this book now chapter one and then chapter two and it's like a lot of planning now and we're just uh we've you know we've finally finished that initial launch which was 
a lot of crazy new work that I've never done, like, mm -hmm. you know, sampling and getting getting our bulk production sent overseas. And actually, I mean, at this moment, we're still waiting for our true um, jewelry packaging that we don't even have that yet. So, mm -hmm. oh, interesting. <laughs> so there's okay. like a lot of things still uh, in the works, even though we launched the site in August. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot still to be done, uh, but it's exciting. So I think now it's, it's the time to plan what's next and plan the future of that brand. Um, for social media, it's always changing and always going forward. So mm -hmm. I have a lot of things on the go and, and uh, lots of travel plans probably in the works. Um, sometimes I don't even find out that I'm going somewhere until two weeks before. So, oh, wow. mm -hmm. so anything could happen this year. Um, but other than that, well, that's great. And I don't uh, know what's next. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the exciting part too of just being an entrepreneur and being a, being, you know, a blogger and and kind of just a creative, I guess, working yes. in the creative world. I mean, I'm sure mm -hmm. you can relate. Yeah. Is that you you can plan you can plan for what's next somewhat, but then part of the excitement and part of the fun is also not knowing what could happen and um and just welcoming new challenges and welcoming mm -hmm. uh, new opportunities into your life and just kind of, you know, letting go and letting the universe do its thing. And all of a sudden, if you put it out there, the intention, it's it's amazing what comes back to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. And with that, uh, we'll finish off. Thank you so much for uh, being with me today, Alex. It Thanks was, for uh... having me. This was so fun to talk. And uh, I hope everyone listening has enjoyed uh, <laughs> enjoyed our conversation. Oh, and uh, one last thing. So uh, if people want to follow you, all the links will be in the show notes for the for this episode. But can you tell like where do you want people to go to? Sure. I mean, I think the best place to connect is Instagram. So that's at Alexander Kenton. Um, and of course, follow Blank and Blue at Blank and Blue Co. Yes, yeah, I actually highly recommend. I was going through the through the feed, and it's like, oh, it's so beautiful, it's so cool. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, and you are designing everything, right? It's yeah, like so all of everything from Blank and Blue is originating somewhere in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. So, Alex, again, thank you so much for being with me, and um, until next week, this is uh, your Wanderings podcast. So that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Wanderings Podcast. You can find show notes and links at pedrobonato.com slash podcast. If you like the show, I would love if you could share it with your friends or leave a review on iTunes. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on all social media at Pedro Bonato. I would love to hear from you. You can find my photography work at pedrobonato.com. The music for the Wanderings Podcast is provided by the Blue Dot Ensemble a music and dance group exploring traditions from all over the planet, where I am one of the founders and the lead drummer. You can find us at bluedotensemble.com. So tune in next week for another show. Until then, I urge you to keep following your curiosity, and I'm looking forward to our next wanderings together.